0: Welcome to the Planet Storytime podcast, where we use the power of our imaginations to create the pictures in our minds for some of the best stories ever told. I'm your host, Thomas Mitchell. Our story today is How the Bald Man Came to Be by T.M. Ganim. And it shows us that if we only pay attention to what we look like, Not only will we miss what's going on around us, but we may lose track of who we really are. Now, if you can, take a deep breath in and hold it. And let it out. Now, we're ready for today's story. Remember to see the pictures in your head, as you listen to the story. I hope you enjoy it. How the Bald Man Came to Be by T.M. Gannum. Once long ago in the ancient times when humans were oh so gloriously close to this world, there were three men of a distinct privilege. In all of the very few villages that existed on the young earth there were no other males with such spectacularly fabulous hair. Strikingly grand headdresses, each of the three with its own unique brand. Flonkel True had a hair of a stern, mighty nest, black as midnight with a heavenly sheen. Its threads a tight curl, an explosion of rings that sat a proud perch, bold and wide. Though equally magnificent was that of Flippelschlieff, his hair was impressively long and completely straight, a thick curtain of white cords that hung like a clergic robe and moved like a wave rebounding in a splash across his shoulders. And then there was the hair of Fleed. His mane was just as extraordinary in its lustrously feathered vibrato of curl, shimmying with traumatic volume and a cornucopia of strings ranging from lights to darks in a spirit shine of color each of the three a king's hair no one would contest, though the three would argue that theirs each own was the best. Now, while the rest of the world was busy at its business, the three would arrive at the town vanity for their grooming, where they would apply fine brushes and combs, oils and herbal treatments that spirited their lofted bouquets to an even brighter ring. At the vanity, there was a waterfall of a perfectly fine sheet that hung thin and low and reflected with crystal clarity all that stood before it. There the three would stand and stare at themselves, and their majestic streams swoosh their swooshes, swing their heads to one side, looking down, ahead, and askance, interfacing with their own reflections, in play exchanges as if they were another in awe of themselves and their handsome harmony of hair, eyes a lightning flash, surveying the beauty that possessed them, and then to each other they would offer their commentary. How could you not think that a regal nest such as mine is the finest, questioned Flonkle These bold drapes are inimitably grand, can you not see? Fleeplesheaf would say with conviction. My powerful ripples make one stand in awe. Is that not plain? Exhorted Fleed. While the rest of the world continued at its business, the men would go on and on, concerned with nothing but their appearance and the constant joy it brought them. Though as the world digests the pith of human dealings, it seeks ever balance, on the whole. And while these three men, blessed with such follicular largesse, made use of their lives in the adoration of their sublime bundles, this simply wouldn't do with the business of the world needing to be done. Now, there are creatures called Reckoners who can't be seen. They floated above the world and reckoned the fates of time and space. They handled many cases, always pursuing the reckonings that would spring the most good for not only our world, but the whole cosmos. Now, in the case of these three being so obsessed with their looks, the Reckoners couldn't help but reckon that they were appalled. They couldn't help but chuckle just a bit, I mean, really. But these reckoners reckoned that the three men must see an alternative to their obsession, which would help them be much better off, for, after all, at the day's end, our deeds outlive our dues. So they conjured what they hoped would be a good example to help the three consider things differently. They produced a man strikingly bald, but for a ridge of fuzz, strapped ear to ear midway along the back of his head, his dome otherwise stretched in gleaming skin. Here, this man could serve as a model of one who could manage with scarce cranial adornment. Even at the first roll out of bed, there wasn't a frowsled hair to correct. And so it was the day could be instantly tended, dispensing all prep work to render himself presentable. Rather, the bald man presented as he was, his plain and naked head laid bare to the world, unapologetic and proud, the hairless orb casting a smart reflection at the spill of light any time of day. Now, the three men laden with their luxurious locks gazed upon this newly conjured man as they saw him walking the streets conspicuously in their path. They couldn't help but stare, struck by such a fierce curiosity. Why, what tragedy has befallen this poor fellow? inquired Flunkel-True. A most unfortunate accident, I'm sure, concluded Fleeplesheaf. The horror, whispered Fleed. Though, as they saw the bald man stride with an oblivious confidence, they began to smirk at his unwittingness. Doesn't he realize he's bald as a coot? Why, he rides his head high for all to see. They couldn't understand the mindset that would allow oneself to exist in this way. The reckoners looked down at the three and realized their shining example of hairlessness was doing nothing to open the minds of these superficial souls, and a more drastic measure would need to be implemented. Upon their night's sleep, the reckoners reckoned a dissolution of the three sturdy head covers and made for a fading and a thinning of each of the tremendous bonnets, making for a balding in process in each of the three though the men slept on without noticing. Waking up without a care in the world, the three men began their typical march to the town vanity, where, upon arriving and gazing upon themselves, they thought something to be wrong with the mirrored waterfall. The image it was reflecting was in no way themselves, or so they thought, until they looked more closely and realized the dissipation of their steady manes That is, a balding. Why, something has happened. I see holes where no holes have been before, observed Flonkel True. Oh, no. Oh, no, was all that Fleepleschief could muster. This is not happening, asserted Fleed. They sought all perspective points of view to unsee what they were seeing, but it was true. There was something askew with each of their dues. Truly, they were going bald. Quick came the panic, and the hurried walk home past the public eye, their newfound holes taking in a draft of air never felt before. What are we to do? Uh, uh, How could this happen? How can we go on? But go on they must, and where there is a will to be, a being is surely willed. Once they returned home, they paced about, positing explanations for their severe dilemma, but mostly they lamented. But if my hair is not, then who am I? and just then there was a knock upon the door. The three peered out the window to see the bald man, who, little had they realized, would no longer be a stranger. They welcomed the man in, and there was such a shared knowing that all four sat and started to have tea even before the first mention of the word hair, or lack thereof. And then their words spewed forth. How can one manage? Is there a cure? Will we have to move away? Uh, no, 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 issued the bald man disgustedly. A oh, goodness gracious, and a uh, me, oh my! And I tell ye, I never. Oh, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, how can one manage? Oh, let me tell ye, gentlemen, there is no real hardship here. The only hardship you're feeling is in your mind. Now, therein lies the cure the bald man said, pointing to his crown. And move away, Uh, move away, all right, move away from the mirror and start living your life. It doesn't matter what you look like, it's who you are, it's how you do, not this kind of do, he said, pointing at his head where his do was not. Now settle in, boys, you're here and you're now, and all that is just simply is. The world needs your help, not your hair. Now go and help yourselves out. Live free of how you look. But let it be said, there is splendor in our appearance, and there's no shame in enjoying it a bit. For, as they say, vanity is thy portion. But now there is splendor as well in the head that is bald. A dome liberated of hair is like riding a chariot with the top down. Enjoy the wind on your noggin and the sun on your closed eyes as you smile real big and soak in the ride of life and always remember bold is beautiful inspired the three were renewed with a flush of vim and a vigor and were determined to embrace this whole life and their whole persons not just their reflections in fact as they did this they began to see the beauty in every single one from the people of all sizes shapes colors and tongues to the little and big wonders of the world in all their cosmic glory And while the holes in their headspreads grew wider, so too did their wisdom, as did their contributions to the world. So much so, that they humbly embraced the gratitude of not just being oh so beautiful, but of just simply being, and just how beautiful it is to simply be. Indeed, they went on to become noblemen, as they had learned the true value of life that resonates for all that we should think not so much of ourselves, but rather to appreciate the beauty within us and all around us, to give our love every which way and to bask in the gratitude of being what we are. And that is why we still refer to the bald man today as noble-headed. So always remind yourself what the noble-headed know, that no matter what you are, you are beautiful, and no matter how you be, Be it properly, be it kindly, and be it no one but yourself. The End I hope you enjoyed how the bald man came to be as much as I enjoyed reading it to you. It just goes to show that no matter what we look like, it's who we are on the inside that's most important. We're so glad you could join us today. Great thanks again to our dear friend Paxton Stanley for his tremendous music. Until next time, remember to keep using your imagination and discover just how powerful your mind truly is. Goodbye for now. If you enjoy the Planet Storytime podcast and would like to support the show, please click the subscribe button on your podcast player and tell your friends about us. You can also support us with contributions on our Patreon page. Simply go to patreon.com and search for the Planet Storytime podcast. You can also reach out to us with suggestions, requests, and questions by email at planet.storytime at gmail.com. Goodbye for now.